Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, y'all. This is your girl, Sonia, and welcome back to She Say, She Say Sports. Seven days ago, we lost not only a SWAC legend, but a football icon, Coach W.C. Gordon, former football coach and athletic director for the JSU Tigers. The JSU family is mourning this tremendous loss, which has not only impacted our university, but the community, as well as across the SWAC. Today I have with me two of his players, players who were intricate parts of Coach Gordon's success, success I'm sorry, in the mid to late 80s and the 28-game winning streak. Please welcome to the show JSU Sports Hall of Famer and star former quarterback, I mean, and quarterback, I'm sorry. Let me start over, y'all. I'm sorry. Okay. One question. I mean, and I want to. Um, I know it's not seven days, but my show is not coming on until Friday, so that's why I have to say seven days. I know y'all was like, no, it's not seven days, but just wanted to make that clear. <clears throat> Mute your phones again, please. <clears throat> hey, y'all. This your girl Sonia, and welcome back to She Say She Say Sports. Seven days ago, we lost only not a swag, not only a swag legend, but a football icon. Coach W.C. Gordon, former football coach and athletic director for the JSU Tigers. The JSU family is mourning this tremendous loss, which has not only impacted our university, but the community as well as across the SWAC. Today I have with me two of his players, players who were intricate parts of Coach Gordon's success in the mid to late 80s and the 28-game winning streak. Please welcome to the show JSU Sports Hall of Famer and former quarterback, Mr. Sean Gregory, and star running back, Mr. Barry Dixon. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Doing good. How you doing, Sonia? I'm good, Sean. Doing great, Sonia. How are you? I am well. Um, Thank you so much for joining me today. Usually I would have seen you guys by now a game or two, but due to COVID, you know, we haven't. So hopefully I'll see you guys in the spring. Um, Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourselves. Well, uh, I'm in Birmingham, located in Birmingham, coaching over here, coaching quarterbacks the best in the city. And this is Sean, just, this is Sean Gregory talking. Right, right. Just uh, continue to, you know, change the lives of others, you know, through my experiences through uh, W.C. Gordon, actually, you know, who raised me pretty much uh, coming to Jackson State. So it's, it's been great, you know, it's just been great. So I and what school, what school are you um, coaching? Best in the city. Okay. All right. Great. Awesome. And what about you, Barry? I'm telling you right now I'm working uh, with a nonprofit here in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, running a program that deals with kids in foster care, uh, trying to find the resources once they uh, leave the foster care system. So it's been a very rewarding job, uh, able to, you know, um, put into kids' lives and, and, and see how that affects them and, and making sure they have things they need for the future. That is awesome. That's that's a really great thing. I I did not know that you actually did that. That's great, Barry. Awesome. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but um, 
I'm going to start with you, Sean. Sean, tell us about your journey to JSU. Well, it was pretty much an easy decision for me, having a brother who already was attending Jackson State playing football. So I kind of want to stay close to home and keep everything close, proximity in the family, and have a lot of family that went to Jackson State. So it was easy, pretty much a transition for me. And, and also get an opportunity to play quarterback. Because during my time, you know, African-American quarterbacks wouldn't get looked at at, at that position. So right. although I was being recruited by a lot of – you know, bigger schools, but, you know, I wanted to play the position quarterback, and I wasn't seeing that as uh, I was being recruited at other schools. So I wanted to just stick to that position, and Jackson State offered me an opportunity to do that. And uh, that's why that's one of the reasons, other than family, that I decided to go. That's awesome. And did Coach Gordon, did he actually recruit him, recruit you your, um, himself? No, uh, Judge. Robert Hughes recruited me. Oh, wow. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, when I met Coach Gordon for the first time, it was, it was just a sale. You know, he was honest. Uh, he said some of the things that other coaches wasn't saying, and he knew I wanted to play quarterback. It was, a, like I said, it was an easy sale mm-hmm. that, you know, the opportunity I'm going to have to play quarterback and what we had already there. And, uh, you know, it was – you can see the genuine in his words. You can see, uh, you know, he look you in the eye and tell you what you can do and what you can't do and how you expect to run his program. And also, Jackson State was winning when I got there. So, um, right. you know, competition was steep. And he yeah. told me I had to, he was on it, I had to come in and earn a job. You know, just because you got a brother on the team, you have family at Jackson, that means you're going to win the job. So. <laughs> And I wasn't afraid of the competition. I just wanted an opportunity. He gave me the opportunity, and uh, the rest was history. Wow. And how was it playing for him, and what are some of the lessons he taught you that you teach your student athletes today? Well, you know, when you're on a program like uh, – in a program like Jackson State who's winning, he didn't, he didn't uh, recruit prima donnas. You know, he okay. wanted to let that know up front that, you know, one person's not going to be bigger than a team. And when I got to Jack State, I saw what he, exactly what he was talking about firsthand. You know, we had a lot of players who had strong personalities, but they was confident in what they was doing. But he had a way of making sure that they was humble through the success that he was having. And I think that breeds all the success that he was having because no one went outside the program and, and did anything that was going to tarnish the team. And he kept that, and he was able to control that. Still being honest, and, uh, you know, you have players who are, you know, as a, as a teammate, you know who are the great players on the team. You know who are the ones that we depend on. And if uh, one person steps out of line, you know, WC treated him the same, no matter if he was a star player or whether he was a um, walk-on. And you, you you saw the even kill in him, and that brought everybody together because there was nobody looking at one person, you know, superior of the other. And so that was a strong point, and that's that's still a strong point in me that he instilled in me when I'm coaching to keep mm-hmm. everybody to understand that, you know, one person is not bigger than the team. And if kids see that, you know, that one person is getting away with something and that person is not, you know, you, you you kind of have a snowball effect if you let allow that one person who's a star player get away right. with it, and it, it tears your team down and causes cancer in your locker room. But he was able to do that, you know, with his consistent way of coaching. 
And I really appreciate those lessons and carry on. And I know a lot of players can attest to that today. It carries on in their success in life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and, and you're right, that's a great lesson. But what caught my attention, since you started talking about him, you've mentioned maybe two or three times about his honesty. And I spoke with actually um, former media director uh, Wesley Peterson on yesterday, and we were talking about Coach. And, you know, he met him during the 2000s, and you met him in the 80s. But he said the same thing, and he actually said he was one of the best persons that he had ever met. And that says a lot about who he is because apparently he's been the same person from the time, you know, you met him until his passing. So that's, that, that, that's a great yeah. testament about who he is. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Sean, your senior year, you were named first team All-SWAC after passing for 2,762 yards. You also set an NCAA single-game record for most yards gained per completion, 33, in a 52-14 win over Southern. You actually passed 462 yards on 14 completions in that victory. Won three SWAC titles while you were during your time. Is that right? Three, right? Yeah, three right. SWAC titles. And looking at the players from last season, do you believe that any of them could be on the level of the teams you and Barry both played on during that time? Well, you know, generation change yearly. Um, you know, right now it's a passing week. I wish we could have threw the ball a lot more, but I know Barry probably disagreed with that. Being a running back, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we we had we had the ammunition around me. You know, when you're talking about Ron Lewis, Tim Barnett, even Melvin yes. Williams. Wow. You know, it, it was just immaculate. You know, competition at that position. And even you look at the backups behind, you know, Steve, you know, Jimmy Smith being a starter. You look at their backups, Antonio Kimbro, Reggie McGee. See, all those guys got a chance to play at the next level. And, and you had a stellar tight end at Parahee. You know, it was it was a really offense that could throw the ball throw the ball about fifty times or more a game. But we didn't have to do that because we had an offensive line coached by. Carl Roberts, Big C, and um, had stellar running backs. You know, Jack State known for running backs. So we had a balanced attack. I probably averaged about maybe maybe 15 passes a game, you know, in my career there. But, but we, you know, we could have gone either way. And um, the players today, they're throwing the ball around, and uh, it's just a different era. Um, yeah. That's what this game has came to, and, you know, back then, it's hard to compare. Okay. But I, I see a lot of talent. When I go to the ball games, I see a lot of talent. The talent just got to come together and believe in one another. And, you know, I'm not on the inside, just outside looking. Right. Because, like I say, you know, WC kept everything tight, close. It was a close-knit family inside, and we believed in one another. We played for one another. And, um I didn't want to let my receivers down by throwing incomplete balls to him, you know, and he made my job easy. He didn't tell me to complete the ball when I threw a bad pass. He just said, make it catchable. And it kind of eased your mind on, on a lot of things when you're a quarterback getting pressure. So you just get it somewhere where it's catchable to, to the Jimmy Smith, Ron Lewis, and Tim Barnett, and they'll come down with it. So I didn't have to concentrate on throwing a complete, perfect ball to those guys. Mm-hmm. But 
to say the least, we worked when, you know, practice wasn't scheduled. Uh, you know, some some Sundays we'll go out there at the church and we'll go out there and work on timing and things of that nature. And, and our coaches will see that. So our football wasn't over after the coaches got through coaching us. We would still continue to work and work those things out. And, uh, and I think that that sold a lot of my success. You know, being a quarterback, I only thought of all about 15, 20 times at best a game. Wow. <laughs> I, I, Barry, I, I, I wanted you to respond to that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to respond to that because I think, uh, you know, uh, Jackson State football, being a part of the football team, of course, like Sean said, we was talented, very talented, most of our skill position, pretty much that position on the field. And uh, we had a good balance. Uh, I think we had great wide receivers, and also we had great running backs. You know, I, when I came in, uh, Lewis Pilman was there in the starting position. And, uh, you know, trying to follow behind his footsteps. But each running back that came through Jackson State made an impact on the program and, and made the impact uh, to the success of, of Jackson State football. And uh, just like Sean said, you know, we, we could we could hit you either way. We can hit you on the ground or hit you in the air. I think we had we had great wide receivers and great running backs, Lewis Pillman, Daryl Jones, uh, the Billy Smiths, and I can just go on and on, you know, uh, of the running backs that we had uh, in the backfield that made Jackson State who who, who they are today. And so, uh, again, I think it's just an awesome program, just working on W.C. Gordon, uh, who really just facilitated the whole program to, to the success that we had through the years we were there. And uh, looking at, at that time where we was in that moment, we, we just didn't realize how special it was until years later. You know, nobody else has ever wow. done that before. You know, we realized it was like it was like this is what we're supposed to do. We came here to win. Is what we're doing. We win. And now it's like you know, it's like uh, you know what we did was was magical because we look back on it and we realize that no other no other team or, or a group of players has done that before. And so uh, we had some real special. And uh, I just hate that dynasty's ended, but uh, hopefully that Jackson State can be rebound and and get back into their winning days. Absolutely. Yeah, it was definitely a magical time. And it was, oh, I'm so thankful because I came, um, my first year at Jackson State was 88. So I, I saw it. I was there. I witnessed it. And it was an amazing, amazing time. And it's just like it hurt not, you know, seeing us, you know, going through this right now. And, you know, I'm really praying things are going to change. Um, very, very soon, but I, I know I saw it, and you guys lived it and did it. So, it, yeah, it was definitely an amazing time. It really was. Yeah, I, I just 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 think about it. you know when I when I was getting recruited uh, at the time, you know when I first came in, my my first place to going to Jackson University, that wasn't my first place. You know, it might have been Sean's first stop. It wasn't my first stop. You know, because I live less than maybe less than a mile from Jackson State, grew up around Jackson State. Uh, but then, you know, I had other opportunities to go other places, and I shared those opportunities. I had LSU and also some other big schools, uh, you know, especially here in Mississippi, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, all the rest of them, a few of them out of state. But my dad told me, he said, I want you to go to a black university. He didn't mention Jackson State. He said, I want you to go to a black university. 
Yeah, so I, I I thought about that. It made me refocus on where I wanted to go. And so I did some recruiting from other schools, but there was no place that I went was uh, on the level of Jack State University. Um, mm. Some places I didn't want to go. Uh, even though I got recruited at Alcorn, I, I just couldn't see myself going to Alcorn uh, because I'm used to convenience and, you know, and, you know, Alcorn right. is kind of in a rural area there where, you know, a store might be 20 miles away. But, <laughs> but <laughs> right. I, I, wanted, I wanted to go somewhere, number one, where they had a winning program and, 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 and that where I can be successful and, and just stay fit the bill. And, and there I was. And, uh, and I'm glad I made that choice. I am too, but one thing about it, had you gone to Alcorn, Dixon Skins would have been, you would have been rich. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Done>. yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. You know, I'm going back to the sports. I'm going back to the sports. Okay. okay. But I got to, he already know what I'm about to bring up. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> um, we rolled. We rode the bus. I know, you know, we rode the bus to the um, Capitol's 100 um, conclave in 2011. Yes. yes. And yes. we were like, I was like, what are we, who are we waiting on? We, you know, we have been sitting on the bus just waiting and waiting. Here comes Barry with, a, like, how many boxes did you have, Barry? I don't know. I had a couple boxes. I it was not a couple of boxes. It was <laughs> at least maybe five boxes of skins and I'm talking about all types of skins. <laughs> we ate those skins from the time we left Jackson to Indiana, in Indiana, back home. And I called him, I don't know if you guys ever well he know what I'm talking about. I've called him Oscar Proud from the Proud family <laughs> since twenty eleven. That's what his name is in my phone, Oscar Proud. Oscar Proud. <laughs> but yeah, you'd you'd have been rich. <laughs> so <laughs> and you know it's wow. it's interesting. I was going to ask you because I met Barry um, actually when we were in high school, and he was a high school track and football star, Jim Hill. So I was going to ask you, was Jackson State always your first choice? But apparently not. And I understand because, like you said, you were right down the street. But yeah. how did it feel being a, able to contribute and be a part of one of the winningest teams in the history of the SWAC? And, Sean, oh, I, want, I want to ask you, you answer after Barry. Yeah, it, okay. it, was, it was tremendous, tremendous. Uh, you know, coming from a high school program, uh, that really wasn't winning that much. Of course, we had, you know, being a talented player, you know, you want to win. And, right. and, and you know, that's, and that's ultimately everybody's goal to, to want to win. And then you come out of high school, you want to put yourself in the best position where you, you can uh, fit into that program. And then maybe you can, you know, work to the next level going to the NFL. Because everybody got a dream when you're playing football, everybody want to play in the NFL. That's pretty much kind of everybody's dream. And so you want to put yourself in the best position uh, in doing that. And when you come to Jackson State, comes a school that's uh, had the exposure that it has because of the winning tradition that it has and being on, on radio and TV, uh, you know, those type of things and, and, and just getting that exposure and understanding the history of Jackson State where they have currently right now four pro bowlers uh, that, that came out of their school in the wooden tradition and all the athletes that went uh, from Jackson State to the NFL. Uh, and I can't count the number of players that did that. 
uh, that, right. that left Jackson State and went to the NFL. And so, you know, the prospects there was high. You working, and then you, you within a winning program, and seeing the success, um, uh, just being a part of that was just magical to me. And it was just a great moment for me uh, to be a part of that, uh, to be able to not only uh, win, but then you can do some little bragging too. You know, with right. the that you know, around the around the around the state uh, on different things. And so it, it was a wonderful experience, very very wonderful experience for me. Um, Sean. Yeah, for me, uh, when I was in high school, we was an option type offense, so we didn't throw the ball hardly none. I was mostly of a runner, and up until my senior year, we started throwing the ball. We went five wide. And I think that's when I really started getting notarized as a quarterback. And so when I got to Jackson State, I noticed we, you know, we didn't throw the ball much either. But I was already somewhat of a polished quarterback in, in the passing game because we threw the ball a lot in high school my senior year. And I had to get all adjusted, completely adjusted all over again, not throwing the ball as much. And so it was a blessing that I was registered my fresh my freshman year where I can work with those guys who are coming up, you know, Tim Barnett and I, you know, and you know, some of the receivers, Jimmy was coming up after that year, you know, my sophomore year, he was coming in. And so we kind of knew, I knew who was going to be the up and coming receivers. So we would work on the passing game. So, and make those connections. So it, it was an adjustment to me in that regard that uh, we didn't throw the ball as much, but, you know, I had an opportunity to sit back one year and kind of find myself and find where I'm going to fit at in this program. Right. And on top of that, coming behind uh, Shannon Boyd, who hadn't lost a, a championship. You know, Melvin Peake was, him and Melvin Peake battling out for the job, and, and Shannon won the job. And so they was continuing to win championships. So when Shannon left, I was pretty much already polished and ready to go because I was his backup. And so we didn't miss a beat. And, uh, and you know, pretty much, like I say, it was, it was just that off season I needed that first year to really, you know, find out where I was going to be the puzzle of this pie and continue this tradition going forward. Um, so what helped me with that, you know, a coach like a W.C. Gordon who understood that a lot of a lot of players right now, they don't want to be red-shirted. They want to come in right away and play, but that's very hard. Uh, I think that first year, you know, being in a new environment, you know, trying to find out what you're you know, major in and how your schedule is going to be and trying to get adapted to where you are. And also being a piece of that puzzle on the program of the football team or whatever sports you choose to go in. And that red shirt year was the defining moment of my success, getting strong in the weight room, doing all the necessary things, you know, on and off the field to get better when my time is coming. And right. uh, WC, uh, he, he came to me and explained that to me. He didn't have to explain it very you know, I saw it with my own eyes when I, I stepped out there on the field and saw, you know, what was ahead of me and what I needed to do, you know, to get myself ready, get in the playbook, understand what a pro-style offense is all about. But we were slinging around in high school, so it was, you know, you're talking about 40, 50 times a game then. So uh, throwing it 15, 20 times a game was like, you know, mm, I don't know about this, but, but I hung in there. And uh, we was winning, doing it that way, and, and we continued to win. And, kept, of course, we kept the tradition of winning the SWAC championships going on forward. 
And uh, I appreciate those sit-down lessons that he, you know, WC instilled in me. This is how he's going to run his program, and this is what we need out of you. And on top of that, we had some other quarterbacks that came in with me that I was having to battle it out for. And uh, and that's one of the reasons why we continue to work where a lot of other guys who was battling that for that position was, you know, not so much dedicated like I was and some of the receivers was. So uh, I think, you know, once coaches see that you're dedicated and you're doing the things that are off your schedule of practice, they, they know that you're serious about what, you, what you're here for. And I think that gave me an opportunity to step in and see what I could do. And when I got that opportunity, you know, I didn't look back. And I, was, I don't think that was one time that I had to go practice with the goon team. I was always with the first team. <laughs> so, and that was a blessing because, you know, right. Coach, like Coach, he had, he had mapped my path out before I even thought about it, you know. And he told me exactly what was expected and why I'm red-shirted. And so I knew he, when he said that, he had some expectations out of me to continue the, the tradition of what he was building. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to let him down. Awesome. You know, you guys did not lose very often. However, when you did, how did Coach motivate the team when things were looking bleak? Barry? <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, he 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 really got on us. I, I think he he went and got on us on the areas that we were we were weak in, areas that uh, we found ourselves coming up short. Where that 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 win we could have gotten if we had made those mistakes. And so, one of the things I I, I think of Coach Gordon, I, I think of the assembly of, of, of assistant coaches that he put together. Um, it, was, it was, I think, one of the best assistant coaches staff that we, that any team could possibly have. Um, you know, from our offense coordinator to our defense coordinator, uh, uh, Cardell Jones, who's the offense coordinator, and of course Big Daddy uh, was our defense coordinator. And you know, from Coach P to Coach Pettersburg to all those coaches that were involved. Uh, during that time, they, they were some awesome assistant coaches. And so I, I just like to say, you know, when, when dealing with losses, which we didn't have many. <laughs> right. But, but then when we did have those those losses, I, I think we went back to the drawing board and uh, was able to come back on top um, on, the, on, the next, on the next day. And so um, I, I, think, I think in it all, I think, uh, you know, Coach Gordon, really put a good coaching staff together, uh, and I think he did that very well in, in, in how he did things as far as uh, assembly of, of the football team. Cool. Yeah. You know, oh, Sean, you got – go ahead. Well, so, uh, my motivation was, you know, listening to some of the old heads who was on the team at the time. They knew if we lose a game, we was coming back that night in practice. Oh, and wow. so I didn't want to come back at night and practice, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I so, you know, I, yeah. I you know, sometimes you think you're going to watch film at night, but you, you know, Coach talking about full dress. I'm like, what? Are you, yeah. I mean, so, so wait a minute. So you guys were tired from playing four quarters, and you and if you lost, you had to go and practice that night? No, this was after a loss. You know, oh, if we I mean, lose the ball game at practice, we, right, that's the what I'm next saying. week is going to be rough. And, yeah. Oh, uh, wow. It's going to be rough. 
Now, yeah, you know, in terms to... of a ball game, say, for, you know, in answer to halftime, there was hardly no motivation I needed. Um, <laughs> you know, Coach Gordon always was calm. No matter how things got bad, I looked. You know, if we was I don't I can't recall many times we were down at halftime, but if it got to that situation, Coach he was the calmest person in the locker room. And you right. can see that, you know, his words will motivate you, you know, just by his calmness and how he how he said and you know, he didn't show no form of panic and when things got tough. And that motivated me right there, you know, because you have some coaches and we had some that was you know, they would get in your butt. And I think yeah. that kept Coach Gordon having to do that because uh, I think he put all the pressure on the rest of the coaches to yeah. to make sure that our position was, you know, he held position coaches accountable. So, right. Uh, you know, I know Cardell Jones, we called him the drill master, so I definitely didn't want no part of him. Yeah. And so, you yeah. know, so – you know, we, 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 we dropped a game against Southern, and that was the first homecoming game I ever lost. I felt like I let the whole program down. And, uh, and I vowed, and that's what those numbers that you read off, I vowed that we would never lose another game, you wow. know, especially against Southern. That's when I had my best exactly. game at Jackson State. Because I remember that game from day one that we lost it up until we played them that next season down in Baton Rouge. So um, that was the game I knew, you know, if, if, if there was nobody on the team ready, I was going to be ready. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because I've never lost a homecoming. And and that stuck with me the whole entire year. But wow. Coach Gordon, he was so calm through it all. He always brought some double mint chewing gum and passed it out to us to keep us <laughs> relaxed, you know, and, I'll ask him for two every time he passes it out. I need two coats. So he'll look at me up under those glasses, and, and he'll yeah. go and give me that other one. But, <laughs> you know, he was just the calmest, you know. <laughs> when he walked in the room, no matter how everybody was arguing and fussing, and everybody would get quiet. And and that right there told me, hey, we better tighten up. <laughs> it's going to be a rough week of practice. Right. <laughs> yeah. So – how did he take being so successful during that time? Was he an humble man, or was he a little cocky? I mean, what was he like? Oh, oh wow. No, he wasn't no far near cocky. He was very um, humble through it all. He always gave the opponent credit. He knew, Coach Gordon knew we was going to dominate our opponent. He just knew it, but he never said it, mm. you know. When we always – we had a tough Grambling team or Southern team or Alcorn team, he would give the opponent more credit than he gave us. And he'll downplay us, you know. He'll say, you know, some things like we had a bad week of practice, had the worst week of practice, but he know that, he, you know, he kind of butter you up. You know, we had a great week of practice, but he would never – he would never let the cat out the bag. And he stayed humble through it all. But at the same time, he worked his tail off to make sure by the time we kicked off, we was ready. And I never saw him brag, never saw him have to – he never got excited. He always – we can win 50-0, but he was always going to be calm like we just lost. We just won by one point. Wow. And we'll come back to practice, and we're going to work just as hard like we lost a game, even though we won. We're going to work just as hard. And if it didn't look right – 
Yeah, you know, you coming back at night. That's right. That's two practices. We're talking about practicing that yeah. day, then turn around and come back that night. That's been wow. a many days. Like two days. Yeah, many days where we thought we was coming back to watch film on, from our practice that evening, but we was, you know, he didn't. it was something that he didn't see that in that 3 o'clock practice that he needed to see in that, in that 6 o'clock practice. So we'll go back and put it back on and, and go through a whole full practice again. So, you know, it was, it was life lessons. You know, he was a perfectionist. You know, if yeah. I had to just sum it up as one word, he was a perfectionist. He wanted everything right, some special teams, offense, and defense. And there was no buddy-buddy. You know, if the good versus good, the number one offense going against number one defense, we can't slack up and let the defense win. We got to compete. And um, and defense got to stop us. Offense got to score. And I think that's what made us get game speed ready, that yeah. we competed mm-hmm. against one another like that. I've saw many of players who had one bad game didn't hit the field anymore. And, uh, you know, the next guy was ready to play, you know, the way he went about things. So, you know, he just he kept an eye on everything. Um, of course, he watched a ton of film and made sure in practice that somebody was doing everything correct. And if they wasn't, you know, we got to get back out there. Mm-hmm. I think I think yeah, son hit nail on the head. I think he never did really show uh, any kind of emotion when it comes down to winning. I think he was humble, um, and you know, like son mentioned earlier, he just kept the team together. He kept us as one. Uh, nobody is is over the other one. You know, son and I, of course, and except that, with another line brother, Lee Holloway was a was a member of the Jackson football team, and also you know, we we all played Kappa uh, that same year. And of course, you know, we always would put on our kind of Kappa attire along with the Jackson State attire. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Jack so so of course Gordon started watching us. Yeah, said, yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This ain't no Kappa Alpha Phi team. This is Jackson State University team. It's not <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I tell you, he, <laughs> he was our frat too, right? Wasn't yeah. he your frat? Yeah. Uh, no. He he wasn't. I no, he was. No, he didn't. Was a Q, and somebody yesterday told me he was a Kappa, and I was like, I don't think that's correct. Okay. No, no, he wasn't. Yeah, he, he, he could have passed for an outstanding Kappa. <laughs> <laughs> he stayed cool, calm, and collected through it all. Yeah. I bet he could. <laughs> you know. um, you mentioned, you mentioned earlier, you know, that he wasn't buddy buddy. But let me ask you, to, um, ask y'all this: Were you guys still close to coach through the, through the years? And if so, how did it feel with your relationship transitioning from coach player to just friend? Well, I always Very call coach. coach. I, I call coach and check on him, and you know, and we just have conversations through the years, and also pick his brain. Me being a coach now on some of the things that uh, that goes on within my program to see how he would handle it. Because, you know, Coach Gordon was a high school coach before he became, of course, college coach at Jackson State. So he's he had that experience dealing with high school kids. Right. And uh, so I, I would call him if some situations come up, let him walk me through it and how to deal with it. 
And uh, it still resonates to this day on his philosophy, how you handle kids coming up through their adolescent stage and even up to the college level. Because a lot of kids today, they they think they want to play college ball, but they don't know the work that on a high school level that goes into it. And so mm. he will walk me through a lot of situations, and, and it's just great knowledge. I'm, I'm so blessed to pick a lot of his brains about how he would handle situations like that because, you know, there's a reason why he, he wins football games, you know, and, and any time you've been through it as a player and been coached by it as a player, you want to find out what's the magical ingredient that he has that make him so successful. And um, and he would share that knowledge. He would do anything he can to, you know, just give him. He was always tell you, just call me. Just give me a call. And I knew exactly what time to call. I I kind of got to where I knew when, what time he went to bed and what time he wakes up. So Wow. And so he would share all that good knowledge, and I would just just do it. Wow. Barry? Yeah, you know, me being, you know, Walker here in Jackson, I would run into Coach Gordon here and there, of course, uh, him and my dad were good friends, and uh, uh, he would come over to the house, and, you know, oftentimes I, when I come, he'll be there, and um, and the first thing he'll say, I remember you broke that you broke that long that long run against Prairie View. Boy, you did such a, you know, you always bring up all the games. It was just, it was just remarkable that he remembered, right. you know, of all the games that he coached and all the players that he coached. But he can specifically yep. point out your your success in that game and what you did, how many yards you ran, how many touchdowns you did. Wow. You know, you know, I was like, you know, some stuff he was telling me I didn't realize I had done. Kind of forgot about, you know. Sometimes right. you kind of forget about, but that's the kind of coach he was. That you know, he made it personal. That that he remembered, remember your your styles and and, and the constant that you did in the, in the game or in the season that you never really thought he remembered. You know, you just think about all the players that he coached and all the years the years he coached and all the success that he had. That he could really point out your success in all those games. And so that was kind of significant to me that he remembered all that. And uh, it just it just it just be fun and last and games every time I see him. So I really I really enjoy that that out there you know out there you know playing for him and then actually becoming you know friends with him. I think that's just remarkable. That is that's, that's amazing that he remembered that. I guess he kind of saw you guys as his as his children, and he was proud. So yeah. that says a lot. Do either of you know his thoughts about? how he felt about Coach Sanders joining JSU's program as head coach? No, I do not. You know, um, you know that's been of, as of late. Um, right. I didn't really – I haven't had a conversation with, with Coach, you know, prior or, or, or post Dion's uh, announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, don't, I don't know how he really – how he would have felt about, you know, uh, Dion coming on board. Okay. Okay, and go ahead, Sean. No, I didn't. I don't have a clue either. And, so, uh, what what are your thoughts on primetime coming to JSU, Sean, and then then you, Barry? I think it's uh, for HBCU during this COVID time. I think it's a, uh, it's just an outstanding. It's a brilliant decision by our athletic director. You know, you look at yes. COVID, when you look at um, you're not going to get 100% people in the stands. 
but you get a person like a Deion Sanders who's going to breathe life back into the program, well-known name, and people are going to come out and see that, you know, and, right. and you can see the results as, as we speak. And I thought, I thought it was a brilliant idea, you know, by, by our athletic director, Ashley Robinson, to pull that off. Yes. That is absolutely true. Sean, yeah. I mean, Barry, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with Sean. I think it was a, a brilliant move. I think, uh, you know, he's going to bring a lot of attention to Jackson State, good attention, uh, where our name will pop up in areas where you never thought it would, it would come out. You know, ESPN, the, all the NFL shows, they're talking about Jackson State because of Dion. Um, and that's given our school exposure. That's given our school probably uh, – more resources probably coming in, and so you got to look at it from that aspect as, as, as well. Uh, but also, from the coaching standpoint, uh, the important thing is, is I look at you know him being the head coach, and I look at Coach Gordon and he, and he was the head coach, and how important it was to get the right assistants in there, assistant coaches in there to to help build the program, and that's going to be the key for Dion. He got to bring in the right coaching staff in order to gain that success that he's looking for. And so I'm hoping he's he's making the right choices in those areas. And if he does, you know, the program is definitely going to grow when you're going to get those top recruits that Jackson State used to get. Now those kids will start coming back to Jackson State. And when those kids will start coming back to Jackson State and getting developed in the right way, you'll see the program go to another level. And so that's what we anticipating with Dion coming on board. Absolutely. Um you know, you mentioned about the, you know, getting the attendance going back up. And even though we have been losing, we were still, like, in the top five last season with the uh, most attendance. However, remember how the stadiums used to – how the stadium used to be during the heyday when you guys were playing? It was pretty much sold out. It was like – I think it holds 60,000 people at that stadium. And it would be that yeah. many people there, and that that's amazing to me how it was just it was it was packed, it was packed, so that's what I'm hoping that will come about again, absolutely um Barry, what would you miss most about coach Gordon? Well, you know um i really i'm I'm really gonna miss um his his style of Coaching and the person that that he that he was and you know after after coaching, I think he he was a person that that really cared about Jackson State University. He cared about the community. He cared about his he cared about uh, the, the well being of of, of 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 people in around in, in his community. So I just think that you know Coach Gordon was a was an awesome man. I think he was a great man uh, who had, who had a vision. Uh, and I think he, I believe he had a dream, and I, and I want to say that dream came true for him. And yeah. uh, I, I think that uh, he, he just did an outstanding job. And um, I'm proud I had the opportunity to, to actually get to know him. You know, I, I was thinking of my, all my thoughts of going to other universities, but the one that was less than half, half a mile down the street was the one for me. And uh, very proud that I had the opportunity to go to Jackson State and being extremely proud that I had the privilege of coaching, uh, being coached by W.C. Gordon, uh, outstanding man. Awesome. Sean? Absolutely. Yeah, just the way he carried himself. You know, he was a family man. 
and his honesty, you know, and he's going to, like I say, he's going to do things the right way. He's going to hold everybody accountable for his expectations of the program, which is given to you day one, you step on that campus. And he didn't differentiate from that at all. He was the same way every day. And he knew how to bring people into the fold the right way at the right time. He had an he had an awesome way of just communicating with, you know, not just the community but people on faculty and staff to really help support the program. And you know, his ways was just just remarkable how he just handled, you know, people who's trying to help Jackson State be successful. He knew how to bring the people into the fold, the right people into the fold, to help continue the tradition of Jackson State. And he he carried himself very well. And I think a lot of players look up to that. You know, you see that that consistency on a daily basis of him doing everything right and the right way. And, you know, players play for that. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Give me one word to describe Coach and explain, John. Well, my, my word is just he's real. You know, from day one I met him. Everything he said, just it was real. Um, and, I mean, that's really my one word because I was being recruited by Mississippi State Ole Miss and well offered for Mississippi State Ole Miss and Southern Miss, Alabama, Auburn, all the all the big schools. But, you know, uh, you know, Coach Gordon just came in and just kept everything real. Uh, he knew I was one of the top quarterbacks coming out. And – you know, um, I narrowed my two choices down to Southern Miss and Jackson State. And my reason for doing that was because Jim Carmody, who was the head coach over there, and we got a chance to play him when I was at Jackson State, play against him, rather. And, you know, Jim, was a he was a real guy, too, as well. But my fit for me and my family was Jackson State. And uh, it's funny how this thing go full circle. I ended up recruiting Jim Carmody's nephew. Wow. When I was at Sanford University, <laughs> so wow. but WC was just a real individual. He was like that my whole entire career, and there was one time I screwed up. I missed curfew, and normally when you miss curfew, judge, you know, Robert Hughes gonna get you. Oh yeah, and nobody I want heard. no part of that. <laughs> but for some reason, I don't know why. You know, WC, he he delivered the punishment to me. And, man, I said, I'd never miss a curfew again. He was worse than Judd. So I said, no way. And he didn't have no more problems out of me. But, you wow. know, he was he was real about what he did. If you did something wrong, he's going to correct you. And you can't be mad at that because that's what he's supposed to do as a coach, as a mentor, you know, and it's what you sign up for in this program because he believes in winning. And the only way you're going to do it is you got to do things right. And he'll let you know, and he's right. gonna he's gonna let you know from day one as he recruits you, and he's gonna let you know when you get there. He told Mama, "Don't worry about it, don't worry about it. If I got to bring him back, I'll bring him back, but don't worry about it." And it it stood true my whole entire career there. He was real about everything. Awesome. And awesome, Barry. One word. I gotta say, legend, true mm. legend. I think all the accomplishments that he has accomplished through football, the 
all the winnings he done at Jackson University prior to us even coming there, son. Um, he has won championships, and uh, he has really um, uh, earned uh, the word legend. And uh, he's a true legend at Jackson State. He will be remembered that way. And I'm just glad I had the opportunity to be just to be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Guys, it has been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. My sure, sincere, absolutely. Thank you. My sincere condolences to the Coach family, the Tiger family, and to you both. God bless. He will truly, truly be missed. Well, that's my show for today. Until next time, this is Sonia with She Say, She Say Sports, and I'll see you on the radio. Y'all, thank you so much. That uh, was really welcome. good. Y'all brought back a lot of memories. That was really, really you, good. Yeah, I you did too. <laughs> I know. Tim Barnett. Man, you started naming all in. I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, oh, we, was, we was the bomb. I don't know. <laughs> we had it going on, but we just, we just didn't know it. We just didn't know it. I mean, I, I hopefully <laughs> hopefully we will get back to that glory, them glory days because I'm – I mean, regardless, I'm I'm true blue, but I'm sure ready to get back. I kid I, I kid you not. So, but I will definitely. Hey, we need to sign Greg on the side. Oh, it will. It, it'll get back at the right time, and hopefully, yeah. this you know you know Dion come in and do his thing. He put his name on it, put his mark on it. He knows how to win, you yeah. know, and he'll breathe life into those kids. As long as those kids continue to do right, and you know, you get the W's in the W column. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. I always said, and that's just one of the words WCs, you got to protect your investment. So, those guys getting money on scholarships, those are the ones you got to protect. The mm-hmm. walk ons, they're going to be walk ons. They're going to do some things that are, you know, unorthodox out of the program, but head coach still got to hold them accountable. If Deion Sanders does, does the way WC do it, and you, you've got walk ons, you say you won't be a, want to be a part of this, he'll, he'll treat them the same way if they're on full scholarship. And they'll yep. win. Well, win football because a lot of times those walk-ons going to end up helping in a big win. So we had some doing the same way. Uh, Greg Harris, I can name, you know, put him out there. He was a great receiver for us. Mm-hmm. He went on to play in Canadian League, but he wasn't a starter. But his name was called. He was ready to go. Wow. So y'all just pretty much had arsenals off the. I mean, it, like you said, if if one messed up, he had somebody to take the play. You know, it was just like y'all were ready. And I wonder, what, before, I, before I forget, um, what is the service? Have they said yet? And I know yeah, it's going to be kind of closed because of COVID. It's Saturday uh, at think, 11 o'clock. And they have okay. a viewing on Friday. The viewing is, I don't, I can't remember where exactly the viewing is, but I won't be able to make the viewing on Friday. We have mm-hmm. a game, but I'll be there Saturday morning. Well, eleven o'clock at the Athletic Assembly Center. Okay. Well, I know this. If y'all do end up talking to Dion, y'all need to tell him—not tell him, but just kind of mention how Coach did y'all team to, you know, just to give him idea because we need to win. That's all I need to say. So I'm done with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm ready to well, win. You, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm I'm uh, just really pissed that it's looking like it's looking, you know, it shouldn't be looking that way. 
yeah. You know, when Jackson State is struggling to get wins, I never thought that would happen. With never, they have never. so much. To, they have so much to show in terms of recruiting. You know, mm-hmm. and you don't have a HBCU to have that to show. And you know, with the new facilities going up, that's going to help a lot. Plus, you got, you know, everybody's going to know who Deion Sanders is. That's going to help a lot. Right. And revenue is coming in. That's going to help tremendously. Now that's so, true. Yeah. The only thing I see that's going to be missing is the wins, and the new and the, and the uniform that looked like Jackson State traditionally. I don't I don't see that red block on the helmet, but mm-hmm. I think I think when you have a tradition, you need to keep the tradition. I, I feel I mean red may not be in our school colors, but red was in our school colors when we was dominating swag. Sure was. I don't think I don't think you mess with that. And again, I don't think people understand what that red means in the uniform. That's an internal football thing, too. Right. Well, it looks like, you know, because he's been putting red, you know, like in his jackets and on the, you know, I believe shirts and stuff, his hat. So do you think he's probably trying to bring that back? Or. Yeah, I I dig it word. I don't know if the uniform is going to look like it was back in the day, but I dig it word. They was trying to. You know, yeah. bring that back, and uh, they, you know, I heard they did catch a little flack uh, out of that. According mm-hmm. to our athletic director, he said they was trying to stop it, but he pushed the issue and got it done just to get some red involved into the program. But like I said, the, the uniforms, if we get it back, and I think that'll bring the rest of the excitement. The excitement is already there. Oh yeah. And, you know, absolutely. Our, our coach now gonna do. I'm pretty sure he's going to do his best to get it back. Mm-hmm. Um, he mentioned his name is on it, so he don't do nothing half. You know, I ain't going to say what he said, but you know, but he's going <laughs> to he's going to get it back. So we're looking forward to it. We'll see. Yeah, we are. Yeah, you're right. I I hate coach would you know I wish he could have been here just to see you know a game or something. I really hate that, but he'll see it. He got the best seat in the house. Yeah. Um, That's it now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Well, guys, I'm not going to hold you any longer. I'm, you know, I know, Barry, you just got home, and I got to finish cooking because I'm starving. But <laughs> uh, send me the information for the service. Again, I don't know if, you know, I know they're going to have probably a limit, but I really, I'm going to try to come. Yeah, um, I did some oh, you did? Okay, good deal. All right. And thank you all again, and, uh, you know, I'll probably see you all Saturday. Okay. Thank you. All right, right, guys. Bye. All right. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.